season game happened between now and when we recorded our last podcast like one and a half one because and a half. you know our standard practice of recording during the sunday games. yeah because we continually just believe that nothing will come of them and uh this time it was uh we had a win we had a win three weeks in a row that the lakers have had a three win that we anticipated having nothing to say about and you know what we kind of went out on like neither a bang nor a whimper in that utah game Lost in the last five minutes. I'm kind of cool. No, that was the Portland game. Kinda we won the Utah like, game. Kind of feel like I want to start over. <laughs> kind of hate that that happened to me right now. <laughs> the Portland game. Yeah, clearly I've been paying a lot of attention, guys. To be fair, it did happen a week ago. Um, and that is like, a- no, 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 whatsoever. You think about it, like, game 82 for the Lakers literally ended on a buzzer beater. Yeah, and but it went the wrong way. Right, right. But nobody still, wants like, to talk about that. But still, the studio show was just like, oh, we're we're not going to be talking about this game because obviously, literally, giant news in Lakers. Was Land. it right before? Yes, it was literally like the five minutes before the game, and then everybody just had to play. Yep. Oh, what, what a, a time to drop news! What a crazy motherfucker! So yeah, like I've uh, there's only been one game, what one and a half to be established. Um. And the playoffs have started, like, since we since we recorded the last podcast, which means that I've only gone through half of my metaf- metamorphosis from dead inside Lakers fan to dewy-eyed heart swelling with Hope Nets fan for two months. You know, so many of the recent seasons, when the Lakers season has ended, it's been like, you know, this is, this is okay, I don't need to really watch them play anymore. Yeah. But the way the Lakers looked for the last 10, 15 games or so, I could have used another month. Of this South Bay-inspired Laker team. It also is such a f***ing bummer to not be in the playoffs when, like, we did actually pull it together a little bit towards the end. And with LeBron playing and, like, kind of this newfound, like, chemistry that we have with, like, Caruso and, like, I mean, the idea of, like, Caruso and Jamario Jones being in the playoffs is, like, kind of ridiculous. It's a bit of a stretch at this point. Tiny bit of a stretch. Um, but that idea appeals to me so much. Yeah. And it could only, I mean, the only downside is that, like, none of our other, like, young core players are available to be able to to play. (laughs) But it would be so sick to see Caruso and Jabario Jones in the playoffs. That would give me life. Williams and Mo Wagner. Mo Mo has been very underwhelming for me. He's had a couple of, like, cool moments, but overall, he's been, like, the least impressive young guy to me so far. Yeah, Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed watching the last three weeks or so of this Laker team, you know, yeah. getting wins against real playoff teams and like Caruso just putting Jamaria up a good fight every night. Just absolutely rim rocking too. Like we've been, <laughs> we've been destroying like terrorizing rims. Yeah. yeah. It's been pretty fun. Yeah. I could, I could use more of this. I'm not ready for the season to end for them. I know. And like the playoffs have been crazy, like unexpected and like so fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we thought they were going to be a little bit. Um, and in, in the West, it's a huge surprise, though, because we were like, oh, it's, like, so top-heavy, and, like, <laughs> the Nets in Orlando are, like, fucking garbage or whatever, and right. they're, like, not going to get anywhere, but, like, here we are, and yeah, Nets in Orlando are the first game. And it would just be, it would just be awesome to 
have had the Lakers in the playoffs as, like, a really underdog eight seed or something and then, like, be able to actually, like, take people on. That would have been really cool and, like, be a part of that, like, underdog spirit, which we very rarely get to, like, (laughs) experience as Laker fans. Makes the Nets experience so exciting. Right. But instead we have all of this uh, drama to deal with. Oh, yeah. Instead there's a actual tire fire in our front office um, and Jeannie Buss is, like, she didn't realize that you can't just throw water on grease fires. You have to smother it. So she's just (laughs) dumping water on it. Um, Is she doing anything to it, actually? I don't know. Maybe she's just running around with her hands <laughs> flailing in the air. I have no idea. I really hope that she, sincerely hope that she, if, like, actually does something real because she was, like, having, like, a dope ass, super hot, like, powerful female powerful, owner. Yeah, female owner was, like, a huge, like, thing for me to, like, hold on to or, like, grasp onto when I was starting to get into basketball. And it's been, I just really hope she figures it out. It's been a little bit disheartening. To, like, watch how she's handled things. So, obviously, the big news of the weekend was that the yes. Lakers finally, mercifully, fired Luke Walton. Oh, my God. To say that dragging it out this long was merciful <laughs> is, like, how long they took it out, a bit of a stretch. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, at least they did it. Right. All and, uh, out back. Sasha, you've got some, uh, yeah, some words we, you want to share. We thought we'd change it up this week. LeBron has been, you know, he's on full vacation now i guess he's just like chilling on the beach somewhere so there haven't been many no real dad, dad lebron, LeBron moments, moments. No. um and you know the kitties have been pretty quiet the talk of the town has really been like what's been going on with the drama in the front office exactly and stuff. so we thought he i thought i'd do a little luke luke Walton was my i like that was my guy i know there were problems but that was my guy so i thought i'd write a little like in memoriam for him just, like, send him off in style a little bit. Send him off to Sacramento in style. In style. Here we go. You wonderful boy. You brave, brave man. We started this Los Angeles Lakers ride together in 2016 when Brandon Ingram's shoulders were twice as too big for his body as they are now. When D'Angelo Russell looked like a chubby-cheeked pug with stupid little notches in his eyebrows. See last week's episode for a full account of the unfortunate pattern of post-Lakers player glow-ups. When we had to be hyped for Moz God, yes. that was what we had to be hyped for. Yeah. The rim running to the big Moz God. <laughs> when Sweet Lou was our saving grace. That wasn't bad. That was great. You weren't a perfect coach, but you were young and full of promise, a reflection of the team itself at that point in my own relationship with basketball. Three years, one million individual lineups, zero staff changes, a dumb amount of 11 plus man rotations. And enough misguided hockey substitutions for it to be a thing later. And we must do the unthinkable. I'll miss your not simply willingness, but almost hunger to be ejected in pursuit of defending your team. I'll miss your also ejected at not the most opportune moments. (laughs) We did not pay attention to the timing. I'll miss your big, wide, knobbly, Rodan-esque face and hands. Almost as if honed from a handsome slab of granite in your inexplicable southern twang. I'll miss the way you made every member of the team except Rondo work and perform for their spot in the lineup. It was inspirational, and though it alienated some players, it made them better and stronger and just got them that much closer to reaching their ceilings when they inevitably went to play for and thrive on another team. As you move on to another team, yourself, 
full of promising young talent with an ostensibly bright future that doesn't simply reside in the shadow cast by the inescapable right here right now exceptionalism of Lakers of the Lakers we who are bound to the Lakers by pure unwavering loyalty that comes with sports fandom must reconcile ourselves with the uncertain fate of the team we hold dear and plot onwards and I suppose ever upwards rest in peace Luke Walton's tenure as coach of the Los Angeles Lakers and scene I know that this was really emotional for you. <laughs> I was thinking actually about my favorite Luke Walton memory. Um, it's kind of weird because I think it was the very first game that he coached for the Lakers uh, when we played Houston in the first game of the 2016-17 season. It was also D'Antoni's first game coaching the Rockets, and we just yeah. smashed him. Yeah. It was so great. And, like, we won 10 out of the first 20 games of that season. I remember thinking, like, ah, Luke, like, we're going to go to the playoffs with this guy. <laughs> it's incredible. And then we lost, like, 45 of the next 50 games. Yeah, that was a very tough winter and fall. I remember Larry Nance saying at the end of the season, because, like, if you recall, we also had a five-game winning streak at the end of the year where mm-hmm. it just obliterated our lottery odds. So he was like, yeah, yeah we perfect. started pretty well, we ended pretty well, you know, it's just the middle 50 games got away from us. <laughs> <laughs> the middle 50. Yeah, Luke Walton, yeah. Started pretty well against Houston, ended fairly well the middle stretch got away from us kind of is it almost a reflection of this season the start was like like the first like actual 10 games were like a little bit rough but then like the first like the first like month or month and a half overall was like awesome and then um ended awesome an actual like uh, it was just like a horror to watch for a while (laughs) Like, dreading games, being like, oh, is Lonzo just going to do nothing tonight? Or Is could... Rondo going to play 16-minute <laughs> shifts again? <laughs> Will he finish out the game? Dude, dude, Luke, that was probably your biggest, like, downfall as a coach in your whole tenure. Was Rondo like, stands for this dude hard. <laughs> you got to be able to tell, tell the fake from the real, my guy. Especially when he, like, kind of said that in his speech. Yeah. He was like, or not in his speech, his like a strong work. Yeah, it was yeah. like an exit interview or something. He was like, you can always tell, like, when players are, like, being really, like, sincere. And I was like, uh, can you? <laughs> oh, when he was Wait, talking about Jamario, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you, though? Yeah. Anyway, that so, means we have, like, a bunch of new things to think about. Right. New people to. So, front office has to hire a new head coach. Yes. Which, as of this moment, consists of Rob Palenka and maybe nobody else. But <laughs> Rob Link is already casting a wider net for the search than we did with Luke Walton, who was the only candidate interviewed back in 2016, if we recall. I, I think Byron Scott was also the only candidate interviewed back in 2014. So this is already a more rigorous process than we've conducted in the last, like, seven years. Yeah. Well, Assuming these interviews actually go through. So we'll see. Very true. All right. So on the Lakers list, we've got Tyron Lue, mm-hmm. which former head coach of LeBron James ex-Laker. Makes him a pretty good candidate for this job. Right? Championship head coach. Yep. Absolutely. Checks a lot of boxes. Checks the boxes, yeah. We've got Monty Williams. Not as cute. Not as cute. Not as cute as Luke Walton. that box, but you know. (laughs) One man can't be, can't have everything. No. Then you've got Monty Williams, uh, who is emerging as the top candidate for the Lakers. Uh, He is the lead assistant in Philadelphia right now, which I don't know if is a Good mark in his favor or not, but 
something. Yeah. He was formerly the head coach in New Orleans. So he was Anthony Davis's head coach at the start okay. of his career. Took Here that team go. to the playoffs and then got fired after they lost in the playoffs to Golden State, which is a weird look. But, you know, it happens. It, uh, yeah, a weird look because if you're meeting Golden State, I don't know. Like, that's just going to happen to you, <laughs> that's right? That's just going to happen. That's just going to be what happens to you. So he was also... shout out to you, Clippers. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy. I hope you enjoy. Um, Monty Williams was also a assistant on Team USA when LeBron played there, so he also oh, there's a little the like box. yeah, there's like a little LeBron buy-in maybe. And then we've got uh, Juwan Howard, who's mm-hmm. an assistant in Miami. This is his sixth year as an assistant coach in Miami. Never had a head wow. job before, so I'm not sure if they're altogether serious about hiring someone who doesn't have that level of experience. But it's probably good just to see. Uh, one, who's out there, and two, like, whether he brings anything to the table uh, that you want to see from other coaches. Right. That you're talking and again, about. he checks a few boxes because he played with LeBron in Miami. Yeah. He was a coach during LeBron's last year in Miami. And going way back, he played with Rob Palinka in college at Michigan. Yeah. So as much as we are theoretically casting a wider net, all of these yeah, there's candidates a... still have some of that insular feel that you expect when the Lakers are looking for new blood, theoretically. I do think that there's, I mean, even just talking to three people is an improvement, like we said, but also, or like you said, (laughs) Um, but I also think that, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have, like, nothing to do with anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of what went wrong with Luke was he didn't, he wasn't, hired by first of all he wasn't hired by the front office right. that was there and second of all he didn't have it didn't seem like he had lebron buy-in mm-hmm. and that was like a huge part of what a lebron led team coach like needs in order exactly. to be successful and so like if we're like reaching out to guys with a bunch of different like levels of experience mm-hmm. and in different places in their career and like different like expertise maybe but they all have, like, one connection, and that's, like, the potential for LeBron buy-in. I think that's, like, a pretty good, like, thread. Yeah, I why, totally agree. Why, like, interview guys that aren't going to have LeBron right. buy-in? Right, I mean, so. just by virtue of where the Lakers are in their, like, path towards contention, you can't hire a developmental coach like Lloyd Pierce or Kenny Atkinson and just expect that you can wait three or four years until that pans out. That's just not where we are in the process. Yeah. So finding guys with LeBron buy-in, I absolutely agree with. Um, I also think what you said about Luke being hired by a front office that, like, eventually got fired, right? Yeah. The fact that Rob is leading this process makes me think that uh, he's sticking around even yeah. if Magic is not. It would be kind of – it would be kind of stupid yes. to hire a coach who is, like, when you're, like, going to hire a brand new front office. Like, hire a coach before you hire a new front office. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past – genie at this point to do that yeah i just think uh they're hard to know what lessons she's going to hire the coach with the understanding that rob palinka will assume magic's role and maybe they'll hire somebody below him to fill his role yeah that's not my favorite (laughs) but ultimately ultimately like we have the I don't know. Rob is my least favorite. Like, if if I could choose between, like, my favorite coach and my favorite president of basketball operations, I'd probably choose my favorite president of basketball operations. <laughs> right? 
Like, I'd rather we get rid of Rob than get my, like, favorite guy for coach. Because I feel like multiple coaches could be successful, but I do not feel like Rob is going to be a successful... The little rumors about these stories about Rob's yeah. workings in the front office are just really funny. The ones that have been coming out, like, how he comes into the office and he'll deliberately ask, where's Magic? Because he knows Magic's not there and he's trying to bring attention to the fact. Or, like, there's this Like, Magic rumor. didn't bring enough attention to it? Like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, or he it, seems like a real piece of work. Or how now, like, he was deliberately waiting for Magic to be gone to help modernize the front office because he wanted to get credit for it. I mean, if that's the plan, like, go for it. Proselytize her. Honestly, like, I would way rather him be in a position that's more inward facing than outward facing. So, like, if we hired a GM who was going to be able to have, like, good relationships with other teams, that would be fine with me. I just don't want Rob Palenka in an outward facing position where he has to deal with people from other teams because it doesn't seem like they like him. They fucking hate him! (laughs) (laughs) They fucking hate him! Which is, like, like, how do we expect to get a GM who can make those kind of relationships around the league if he's going to have to work with Rob? Like, there's no way that and, like, person exists. There's so many, like, rumors slash, like, stories slash, like, just people talking shit on, like, about how all the people that they could bring in for the front office would say, like, who would be good, would be like, yeah, I'll do it as long as Rob Palenka is <laughs> gone. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'd rather we get rid of Rob Palenka than get, like, my favorite coach, which is, actually, question... Who do you think we should get for a coach? Out of these three, I would think Ty Lue is best case scenario. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he won the title, which yes. you just cannot get past three, that. 3-1. One. 3-1. Three, one. He doesn't get enough. I mean, there's all, always talk about how, like, coaches who coach LeBron teams, like, don't get enough credit. I don't think that has anything to do with LeBron himself. Like, I don't think that he puts forward those ideas or anything. But I do think, like, Ty Lue should get his dude do like his credit right credit yeah sure why <laughs> oh, i can't think of a word I, he should like get his like credit for being able to coach a team against the golden state warriors back from a 3-1 deficit that's like pretty amazing yeah and like monty williams seems to me just sort of like luke redux where in new orleans yeah. he got a young team to compete really hard but he didn't really have that offensive creativity that you want mm-hmm. and juan Howard, i just don't there. know anything about really and yeah. i don't think that the lakers are constructed to have a first-time head coach so yeah I think uh I think at this point like if we're not gonna think about ourselves as a young promising team anymore that's not where we're at we're no. trying to win now we're thinking of ourselves as a contender because we have LeBron James and hopefully star number two come in this offseason exactly and also like our young players are not super super duper young anymore Cole, like Kuzma they're all born in 1997 Hart. they're so young <laughs> <laughs> no, Kuzma and Josh Hart are, like, 24 now. Yeah. But the, the like, what we think of as our best young core players are still really young. Like, obviously, Kuzma um, and Ingram, yeah. they're going to be, like, 22 or something. Exactly. But 24 is not that young anymore. They're entering their prime, and right. Caruso's also 24. So if we, like, think of the young players that we have, like, they're not that young anymore. So we should be, like, trying to move forward with the coach that we get and I feel like Ty Lue and LeBron have already proven to be like a really formidable pair and yeah I just think that would be a safe but successful choice 
Yeah, and I mean, this list could obviously expand and the Lakers could yeah. go in a different direction yes. or they could try to hire a president before hiring a head coach. But for now, we'll where see. we are, Ty Lue is the name. Yeah. yeah. And we're we're pretty okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to um, our defensive section this week. And, you know, we have a little bit to say this week. And yeah. um, a guy who I have previously been quite rude about <laughs> although he does refuse to not look like a Mennonite so I don't know that's not that's a choice that he's making with his chin strap that that's not too and his like weird like bangs I don't so know. in anyway. case you couldn't tell by this point um, <laughs> this week we're defending Mike Muscala so Muscala got off to a pretty uh, rough start to his Laker tenure mostly because mm-hmm. he came in the trade for Vita Zubac which we're not here to rehash the trade. It was a stupid trade, which Magic Johnson and Rob Plinka definitely only did because Muscala had one good game against the Lakers the week before the trade deadline. <laughs> smartest, smartest front office in Lakers history. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's actually been really good during this last stretch for the Lakers. Yeah. Like he's a competent veteran, and I know that uh, he's picked it up a little bit. Yeah. I I have to be careful about having rose colored glasses for all of these like contract money, right. you know things. Uh, no, I, I don't think we, I honestly, I don't think we're going to bring him back, but I also don't think that he wants to come back. Yeah, but he's been like a very competent player. You know, he's yeah. shooting the ball really well. He's always in the right spot. Like he, it's just a nice release foul for those lineups with Caruso and Jones and Williams who don't really mm-hmm. have a ton of spacing. Right. And totally. I just like watching him play. You know, he could easily have mailed it in. Like most of the veterans are not playing other than JaVale and there's no, there's not a lot for him to gain. Like you said, he's yeah. probably not coming back here, but he's... Just approach his job very professionally. He's playing a lot better. Yeah. And it's never going to make the trade better, right? No. But the fact that Zubac looked terrible in this first game of the playoffs also helps a little bit. But <laughs> I can't root against him. <laughs> I'm just saying it's easier to let go of. Yeah. But yeah, I, I liked watching Muscala play, and it wasn't his fault that he came in the situation, but he's handled it as well as could be expected. Yeah. And even though these games don't really matter... The Lakers are still playing hard. He's still playing hard. And he looks like he's capable of earning a real spot down the line. Yeah. It's not his fault that we loved Zubats more. Exactly. You know? And that we, like, I feel like as a fan base and, and like, Lakers media, specifically Lakers Twitter, has just been, like, hammering him into right. the ground. And I see the theory of, like, how he fits in lineups, you know? And I was honestly worried the first few games when we got him that he was just never going to be in on an NBA roster after that stretch, but, like, yeah. he looks like a real player. No, he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's obviously a real NBA player, and it's just nice to see that. You know, you don't want yeah. people to just have their careers come into a hellhole when they come to the Lakers. Dude, right? and just think of, like, how much he, like, knew that everybody hated him. Exactly. Like, if he was paying attention even a little bit, not hated him, but, like, hated that he was there. Exactly. That's su- It just sucks. I feel bad for him. It's just a tough situation. Which is why it's so cool that he is actually yeah. playing really well. And I also think that's a function of playing with guys like Caruso and Jamario, who are, like, really inclusive and, like, are also, like... Playing for their more, NBA like, lives, too. Yeah, like, new- more newcomers and, like... Yeah. They didn't know. have any attachments to Zubach that he had to, you know, work through. That's true. I want to defend Magic Johnson a little bit. <laughs> Just in the, like, in the, in the way, if you listen to the Laker Film Room podcast, which I highly recommend, Darius and Pete this week talked about how, like, or just a little bit, this was, like, a section of it, how, like, like, Magic Johnson is an HIV survivor, and 
his life is yeah. perfect. And if he, like, don't hate me, but I think he's earned the privilege in his, like, really long and successful career of living the exact life that he wants to. And I can't blame him for just doing that and just taking control. It's it's almost, like, aspirational <laughs> to, like, see someone who is, like, so in control of the way that they can, like, live their life. And it's just he just was unafraid to just shock and confuse everyone and just throw, like, a throw like a wrench into the whole city he just was unafraid to do that for the sake of his happiness and i think where that like that like starts to break down is like when he's hurting other people and i think that the way that he did it was where that started to break down where he like didn't tell genie and like couldn't tell her face to face and that was like not what i liked that was a little bit sucky like you can't le- make other people's lives harder yeah so it was, it was very weird that like magic johnson is supposed to be like the most charismatic and charming person in the room and like he was worried that someone was gonna talk him out of doing something he wanted to do right magic johnson can be talked out of doing something he wants to do <laughs> but That's... that just shows how close he is with genie yeah. really that just shows how like how much he and genie's relationship is like this like really strong yeah thing. i'm i'm all for it you don't want to do the job you don't think you're happy doing the job get out just you know yeah. quick text to genie before it happens would have like, made all the difference darius and pete also were talking about how like it would have it would have the most ideal way to deal with this would have just to be like go in a meeting with genie and just be firm and say like no i'm this is what i'm doing and i'm gonna help you like make a plan rather than like kind of being like a little Honestly, cowardly i love it. the whole 45 minute press conference even if it did oh, distract from one of my <laughs> Low-key favorite games of the year against Portland. <laughs> but, yeah, again, just, like, before you head in, quick text to Jeannie, here's what I'm text. about to do. And then, you know, ramble on and cry and laugh yeah, you and can just talk break about up, tweeting break and up how over you're a free bird. <laughs> <laughs> just real short. Real yeah. Short. Man, did he seem relieved and happy to just be hey. right off. To be fair, the tweets from yesterday are so lame. Is that really what he needed to be freed to do? The tweets thing was, like, one second of a 45-minute interview process, and... Didn't he bring it up again when, like, he was talking to Rachel Nichols afterwards? Two seconds of a 45-minute, okay. <laughs> like, interview thing. This guy, like, I I think it's just part and parcel of, like, being able to, like, talk about players and talk about the NBA as a whole without, like, getting fined. And I understand he's, like, rich as well to pay the fines, but it's just... He got a lot of people got on his ass, and it, it kind of made the Lakers more hated. Yeah, I do think there like, was an unfair standard applied to him that was not to others. Absolutely. Like the the Celtics accidentally tweeted out a picture of Anthony Davis photoshopped in one of their jerseys. <laughs> I didn't even know that. N- nothing happened. I mean, Girl. they removed it, but like still, that is those guys and are so. Jerry West sleazy. talks about LeBron, and you know nothing happens, and yeah, no, for sure, and and it sucks because like. Magic really, like, a lot of what the young guys talked about was how how great it was to be able to have, like, mentorship from someone as prolific and successful as him. Exactly. And that seemed like something that he really wanted to be able to provide to other yeah, people. Yeah, he is aspirational, and if he wants to be able to, you know, be more of that big brother ambassador, like he was saying, I think he's yeah. uniquely well-suited for that role. Yeah. I think maybe there's a better... Like, if he wants to still make money off of it, which doesn't really seem like he needs to, you can walk away from a $10 million job. That's uh, insane. That, without, like, a... How would he be sweating that much more money than other? He, he's got... No, no, no. He's got money in 
so oh, many no, I just companies. mean that, like the Lakers are paying him that much money to do this job when he barely came did in this one, job. Maybe once a week. <laughs> Think about how that money could have been divvied up among like a medical staff or like analytics or, or like a real assistant coach coaches. Like... <laughs> we'll say the good thing about Luke going is that all the other assistants are gone. So bye bye yeah. Jesse. I'll miss yeah. your surfer dude voice. <laughs> bye bye Mark Can't Madsen and it. Brian Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, whatever, Magic. Do whatever you want. You, We know you will, so why should we expect anything different? <laughs> Truly. All right. Well, uh, in the spirit of doing whatever we want, right? ah. it's time for our favorite segment of the show. It's everyone's favorite segment, if you must know. <laughs> it's time for the I'll Knock Your Mother hey. Ass Out Award. Sponsored, Sponsored by, by Brandon Ingram. Ingram. And also this week... By the soul-shattering death glare he clobbers you with right before he serves you the evil special. Yeah. All right. So this week, uh, long-time winner, you know. Yes. He's a... He maybe hasn't been thought about for this award every time. Right. But uh, this week, the award has to go to JaVale McGee for the crushing alley-oop he delivered to Utah last Sunday that essentially won the game for the Lakers and solidified Utah's position in the 5C. <laughs> I love affecting playoff seating. It is just the best part about That seemed to be what drove JaVale through the last end of the season. Like like the Hound said, and shout out to all y'all who are like super excited about Game of Thrones. I think it premieres in like 15 minutes, so we're about to get off the mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, JaVale, just like the Hound said, hates as good as anything to keep a man going better than most. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no, uh, nothing to add here. I mean, yeah, that, I assume that hate is keeping you going <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that was the whole point of that very stumbling Game of Thrones <laughs> reference. Yeah, I mean, uh, JaVale, watching him dunk is always sort of an adventure because I always think that he's, like, not in quite the right position, but he has these super, like, go-go gadget length arms mm-hmm. that he can just finish from all of these angles. So, like, when you think he's out of the play, he just sort of maneuvers and just slams it home, and it's it's really fun to watch. And you know what? He has actually been able to be successful, um, like, slightly away from the basket. Like, towards the end of the season, I felt like his, like, hook shot capabilities became, like, way more impressive. I definitely felt like, at the beginning of the season, every time he took one, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure, that's the shot we want. You make that, <laughs> like, you make that zero out of ten times. And now it's maybe, like, four out of ten times. It's not a terrible shot for him to take. Yeah, and uh, lest we forget, Javiel McGee uh, comfortably led the league in goaltends this year. 33 yes! goaltends this year. The second leading player was Mitchell Robinson with 18. Our goaltend So nearly king. doubled him up. <laughs> but you know what? what? What's his block standing, though? I don't know. That's not nearly as interesting. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's some nice context for the goaltends. I do yeah, think he's that, a, like, uh, He's, like, top five in blocks, yeah. I think he gets... I think he has a reputation now, and I think he gets called for it way more often than he needs to be. He goaltends a lot. He does goaltend <laughs> a lot, but I think the refs, like, over-referee over it. Well, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to do some math on that next year, because I, I do think he's coming back. I think he's coming back. I think he's the most likely to come back, and I'm the most happy that he's the most likely to come back. Yeah. yeah I would love to see a full, healthy season of JaVale McGee. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a great, like, locker room presence, too, obviously. Like, he's a guy that people like. Like, I, I mean, now that Luke's not there, maybe we can say maybe that he's a great locker room presence. 
Uh, yeah, but I think people think he's, like, funny. He's, like, a good hang. He seems, mm-hmm. like, supportive of other players. Like, I don't even know how much truth... It's hard to know how much truth there is in reports of, like, one minor reason why Zubats got traded was because JaVale McGee was mad. It's like, the guy had pneumonia, and, like, obviously he wasn't starting. Wasn't I don't he know, also he's... part of that uh, little mutiny after the Warriors game? That was that was definitely led by Michael Beasley, but, like I said, it's, like, hard to know, like, yeah. how actually accurate these yeah. reports are because you're just not in the room, and there's just no way to really know, like, he could have been lightly involved, but there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with your coach. It's when it starts that clearly they got rid of Beasley for a reason and other people, you know, stayed for whatever reason, so... Anyway, <laughs> we got an honorable mention, obviously, for Magic, for knocking us all in our asses and just, like, pretty much upending the entire, like, last game of the season, last week of the season for yep. us. Yeah, chaos, let chaos reign, and, you know, Rob Palenka stepped in, like, little finger to capitalize on that chaos, and uh, I hope it comes back to knock him on his ass sooner rather than later, as it did Lord Beach. Yeah, we, we all agree time. with you there, Sasha. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this week, guys. Hope you enjoy the playoffs. Hope you can find it in yourself to enjoy a few playoff games. The Nets are going to be a fun. Or, you know, you could just not watch the Nets. <laughs> I don't know why, why you're being uh, negative about this, but the Nets are really fun to watch. Jared Dudley guarded Boban and Embiid this, like, the other day, and that was one of the most delightful things I've ever watched, so. Yeah, I think all of the the stuff coming to my mentions about, like, how, oh, look at D'Angelo Russell now has really turned me off on the Nets. Yeah, no, people yeah. people are going to capitalize on anything to spew Lakers hate on Twitter, so I think that's more about, like, canceling out noise um, and just, like, muting maybe some like words <laughs> maybe if you mute like d'angelo russell yeah that'll be helpful because uh, he... the lakers are playing still yeah there's maybe like... next year oh god it really would have been fun to see them in the playoffs this year but alas just like this podcast our season has ended and now uh... our watch has ended <laughs> is that another game of thrones it reference? is yes <laughs> i'm sorry i couldn't contribute to multiple metaphors that have occurred throughout the length of this show but you know it's on the mind it's on the brain right now all right well thanks for listening uh make sure to subscribe to the silver screen and roll podcast we have laker shows every day and they'll be continuing into the off season so stick around and we'll be back next week yeah and it will just be me it'll be an entire podcast of me just gushing about the nets so just get ready everybody (laughs) when they win this series against philly win have a great week everyone Get, 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 get,